Okay, this is Thistle Patterson reporting for WLRN. Actually, I'm doing an interview with Nidra Johnson at the National Women's Music Festival in July of two, 2017. And um, Nidra, I wanted to start by asking you about your music career. You went to music school, right? I, I had a very musical high school. Um, I played bass and tuba in high school. And so I was in orchestra and band and all that, you know, band geek stuff. But um, other than that, I have uh, musical parents. So no, I didn't go to college really, so. Okay. So you have musical parents. When you were growing up, was there live music happening at your house? My dad is a jazz musician. So, I mean, I didn't grow up in his house the whole time, but, um, but yeah, there was always, you know, I had records he was on. I went to see him play when he was in town. And my mom is a singer-songwriter, so she had a sort of folky thing happening um, when she was younger, when we were younger, and, and it sort of morphed into more of a country thing. So I we had that kind of thing around as well. So, And where talk. did you grow up? Um, from fifth grade to to through high school, I was in Santa Monica. Uh, other than that, we moved around a little bit, but that was the, probably the most uh, long that we were in one, you know, like elementary, junior high, high school kind of thing. Whereas a little bit younger, we lived in Hollywood and we lived in Ohio. So, mm-hmm. so I say if I grew up in one place, it would have been Santa Monica area. Yeah. California. Yeah. And were your parents professional musicians? My, my mother was when we were younger, or when she was younger. Um, I, I believe they, they. my parents met like in the kind of club scene wherever. She was in Chicago at the time. So my father is, yes, he's a world-renowned jazz mm-hmm. musician. So Is he still playing? He he is less. He moves a little bit slower now, and he, he was a tuba player and a baritone sax mainly. So big, heavy instruments yeah. are not as easy to carry as they used to be. But um, yeah, he's got a fairly recent record out um, with his band, which is Five Tubas in the Rhythm Section. And um, then I mean, he played with um, Paul Simon and uh, the band. He, he played in the last waltz tour, last waltz tour with them, and then continued on playing with Levon for years. He played with Thelonious Monk, Gil Evans, Miles Davis. Uh, I mean, on and on. So yeah, so you really come from a musical yeah. background, and let's talk about your music career. When did you first come on to the music scene, and did you first come on to the women's music scene, or were you more? playing out in general areas? I really did come out in women's music, you know, as a musician in women's music, you know. Uh, I, the, the first thing I would say that, that happened that sort of brought me to it, I mean, I, my parent, my, my dad had a place up in Woodstock, New York, so there was a, a whole women's kind of scene there, you know, Alex, Dapkin is, is from up in that area, and there's a lot of women who, who were part of early Michigan stuff that lived up there. And that so, would be, would have been in the 70s then? I mean, 70s, 80s is, is when, they, 
Well, I was there in the 80s when I lived in Woodstock and I moved up there when I was like 18. There was River Lightwoman who who was a percussionist herself and she also was a an accountant, right? So she she worked in the office at, at Michigan and I mean there were there, there were lots of women who were in other little places. I didn't even know it until I went to Michigan myself and I saw these women I hadn't seen since I lived in Woodstock. But the Woodstock community was very active in it, lesbian community was very active in women's music as well. So how many I, years did you play at Mishfest? I I, I couldn't tell you because I didn't I went whether I played or not and I I went about twenty eight times. Nice. So. All but one time since the first one that I went to, which was in 89, I think. And then I went for all but the 25th. So, mm-hmm. I, but I couldn't tell you how many I played at because I went either way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I know you, is through Mishfest. Yeah. So, flash forwarding to the present moment and uh, trans activism and what's going on with uh, the term turf. And recently you wore a t-shirt and it was a one-off off the internet that you had it printed. Um, can you talk about what led up to that decision to have that t-shirt made and, you know, then to publicly post it and... You know what, in... I, I actively participated in conversations about the intention for female space at Michigan. And I, you know, years ago on the the... Michigan website, you know, when they had the bulletin board. So there was that. And I started getting emails somewhere after the camp trans protesting and stuff like that. I, you know, when I, when I had a set, I would get an email, fairly generic. Um, It it happened more than once, but the first time it happened, I I don't remember what year it was. Um, Maybe 93, I, I don't know where I was sent like the story of Nancy Burkhalter being asked to leave and you know how horrible that was and and you know don't I want to take a stand while I'm on stage and say something about how horrible that is and so I would write back and 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 give my perspective on it and not hear back I can put a lot of time into my my thinking and not hear back. Then I get another letter, very much like a variation on the theme, and I got a, a couple of those. And I was like, "What is this? It sounds. It seems almost like they're copying and pasting the same." And then I found um, a source for for this was on a site called strapon.org, and it's I don't think that's up anymore. It was like strap-on.org. And they had like basically this color-coded baddie list. <laughs> so it, I think I was red, which w- it was like red, orange, y- you know, yellow, green, whatever. Green would have been if I had been like, I'll do, I'll do exactly as you say. Or, you know, there were some that were sort of indifferent, you know, I, but they coded every, everybody who was an artist, you know, got a response back, just said she'll think about it or, you know, whatever. And then I was kind of annoyed, you know, it's like, so I've been having these individual responses back and then not being ignored and just getting color coded, you know? 
and and so I created a profile there and just started, you know, having those conversations. Well, since you guys are all talking about this, you know, and I and I started having conversations there about my perspective on it. I got disagreed with a lot and, you know, whatever. But I sort of, I just, I, I, I felt like I, even though I disagreed with a lot of the points, and, and the point has changed completely now. It's, we're at a whole different level with transactivism than we were even then, even though they all disagreed with me. I mean, you could have a conversation, but I just like I, I'm I'm not trying to be running away from this conversation, and and I'm not I'm also not going to be bullied in it. And to me, that's kind of what if you're going to be an ally. Like I wasn't trying not to be an ally to trans people, but to me, being an ally doesn't mean I agree with everything you say. You know, and it seems to me that that's where activism has come to in, in trans activism now. It's like you must agree with everything, uh, our pers- perspective, or we will see to it that you never work again. You know, I mean, you know that. You, mm-hmm. you know how how it is. It's, it's, it's grown to a different place than I would have ever thought it would have, a, have gone. I still don't think of myself as not an ally. What inspired the T-shirt and the wording of the oh, T-shirt? Back. Yeah, the T-shirt. Well, you know what? The turf thing is like, that's, it's like an instant shutdown of conversation. And there's that Sarah Denham article where she says how turf works. It, it totally shows an, an example of how it shuts down people's conversation, how it makes women abandon things they actually agree with if the person who who said it, like if they liked something on Facebook or on on Twitter, that has nothing to do with anything trans. Like something on Facebook, and and then have someone go, oh, that person that said that thing that totally makes sense is a known turf. And then they're like, oh, let me unretweet. Let me remove my like. I don't want to be associated with the person, even though I actually do agree with this thing that has nothing to do with it. I mean, that's that's how turf works. It's controlling women. It's shutting down conversation. It's it's toxic. It's so toxic. So I it's it's very easy. Nobody wants to be called a turf. Not because it means anything, because trans exclusionary radical feminist is just a stupid thing, you know, like as opposed to what? Have you been called a turf? I have been, but you know, not a whole lot. Not a I whole mean, lot. Not not a lot to my face for sure. But you're seeing it, this happening out there. I'm seeing it happening, and no, I I know that that um that what I say is totally the stuff that would get turfed. You know, like ex- except for that, maybe I'm not saying it. I'm not gonna have co- conversations with people who who really just go there with that kind of a conversation if that's where like if we can we can talk we can totally disagree and i'm fine with that we can vehemently disagree i'm fine with that but if you are shutting down me saying anything at all then i i'm not really going to indulge you very long you know like so as soon as you start being threatening and stuff like that come on right because then that's not real dialogue yeah but that's that's what's happening, right? So to me, like I just I, I, I thought 
No, I don't want to be afraid of the word fucking turf. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I don't want to be afraid of the word turf. I'm not. I'm not going to let you intimidate me in the same way I wouldn't let anybody intimidate me with dyke. Now we know the difference when we say dyke and when somebody who hates lesbians says dyke, and we don't have. I don't feel like I have as much of that. I mean, I live in New York, so maybe if I was living in somewhere rural and somebody was shouting dyke at me it would it would you know be a thing i don't have that so much anymore but turf is dangerous everywhere anywhere anybody knows some has a reference for it it's dangerous i'm not gonna be afraid of being called a turf now i didn't want i don't i'm not gonna be proud of being called a turf i'm not like i'm not like i'm a turf you know like right. that, nobody does that but yet the lettering was so big on the t-shirt and the t-shirt said what did it say exactly it's, it says if you in small print it says if you call any woman uh and and then in huge print it says turf and then underneath it it says you are a misogynist and to me like the big turf thing it's just so like, I don't know, if you're across the room, you know what my shirt says. You know it says turf. And I've had people walk up to me and they're like, I know it couldn't have just said turf. So I wanted to read the rest. And then they, they're like, right on. You know, they agree. I it, It's provocative, right? That's, that's the point. Oh, right? yeah. Talk about how you posted it publicly and then you changed it to friends only. What happened after you posted it publicly? Well, I, you know, like... It came on the Saturday that was Dyke March in New York. You know, if if I'd actually gotten it in it, it it went to a, it wouldn't go to an address that was I could get to on, on that Saturday because I didn't expect it to come um, at a time that it would get stuffed in my my little apartment size mailbox. But I I thought it would come on the Friday or something. You know, um, so. I might have gone to the Dyke March if I had come. And wearing it. <laughs> there's, there's no other good reason to go to the Dyke March. Um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have gone. Except to protest that it's been taken over by... Yeah, well, it would, I could have made it a march. You yeah. Know, as opposed to a, a parade. It's, it's really the Dyke Parade now. And it's not even a dyke parade. I don't know what it is. It's nothing that has anything to do with me, so I wouldn't There go. are heterosexual couples there. There are trans-identified males that... There, I don't even know who, who it is that's there anymore. It's, it doesn't, it's unrecognizable to me. And it's, it's really like... I mean, the last time I went, there were people who were like... Who had signs that said, you don't have to be a woman to be a dyke. <laughs> what? You know, you don't have to be, I mean, there. and then we're, there was the Holy Army. I don't know if they still do that, but the, the Holy Army, that was the most insane looking uh, stuff that they were carrying there. Like any holes, a good hole kind of, like it was just weird. And I just was like, this is not, this is not for me. This is not where I'm trying to march. You know, and, and at a certain point, you know, like, even regular pride events, you know, there you go and there's gay men doing stuff, and you're like, this is definitely gonna make the newspaper, and and maybe that's less true now than it was back in the day because I just feel like okay, the guys who are in nude speedos with a realistic dra- uh, strap on, 
So that's not like illegal exposing yourself, right? I'm like, that's, that's, this is not political here. Like, I don't think a naked dude uh, is political. And I don't think, you know, this is like the kind of stuff that that's what you're going to be on TV. There are people who are making real points and have signs that have really good stuff. And you're upstaging the politics with these antics. And that's what I feel like this kind of thing has done with the Dyke March. You know, like ridiculousness has upstaged the actual politics of the Dyke March, what we're trying to do, what we're... I'm not I'm not on any committees on it. So, what, I mean, what, what I would think and hope lesbians were trying to do, and I think dykes ought to be mean lesbians, is bring up women's issues and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. think, whether it's specifically lesbian issues or women's issues, it affects dykes, you know, and so the antics that I see that are upstaging issues that are important to women and females, like, I, I have no reason to be there. Right. You know, so I wouldn't have gone. So you were going to bring some politics to the Dyke March, but the T-shirt came a day late. Yeah, I, I, that's the only way I would have gone. I wasn't. I wasn't saying I'm going to the Dyke March and this. I'm going to do this. I cannot say that I was committed to going to the Dyke March, but that's the only way I would have gone, because the last time I went, it was such a ridiculous mess. Yeah. I. I just. I. I don't even. I mean, and I think we saw. In pictures and video from yeah. the dyke marches across the country, for what reason would I have been there? No. Yeah, totally. So the t-shirt came on a Saturday. T-shirt came on a Saturday. I think uh, I didn't get it till actually Monday. You know, in in hands because it wasn't accessible. But but um. You put it on. Put it on, and I posted the picture to to Facebook, and I just you know we'll see. <laughs> it goes. I knew. I knew it was gonna. It got shared quite a bit. I don't. I don't even quite know. I think it, it was maybe 150 shares, and and uh, and a lot of them. Like at first, I started sort of looking to see because you can see where they go. But a lot of them were shared in ways that I couldn't see. I don't know if it was in a group or a secret group or private message or people I'm not friends with or you know people who hate me <laughs> you know what I mean I could see some of the people who, who posted it who posted it publicly on their pages and um some of them were just ridiculous you know I got a couple private messages f- via Facebook book from people I'm not connect uh connected to so I had to like approve or you know they had to get permission you know they go to your other box yeah and so they were just stupid, like, turf. And like, all right. It's like <laughs> calling you a turf. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, okay, you're all a misogynist. Right, misogynist. <laughs> so I just sent, like, misogynist smiley face back, you know. Like, I mean, it's, I'm down to have a conversation. There was no conversation, you know. I mean, there were, there were some conversations among women and, and, and other people having conversations. Only a few of the ones that I saw shared did I bother chiming in? Because I let, let people have conversations they want to have about it. Some some that I saw got really, you know, they, they disagreed and they said why and I disagreed with them and I didn't go back. I didn't go jump in those conversations. Mm-hmm. 
some of it's exhausting. So yeah, on my page where I shared it, it got positive strokes all the way. Yeah. Miriam Ben Shalom put that. I love it with that funny gif or something on mm-hmm. on there. So it got a lot of positive feedback too. But then, how long was it before you decided to put it to friends only? It might have been a. It might have been a week. Like the, oh, a whole or, week. Or, so people so, might have downloaded it. It's out there. Yeah, it's it out can, there. It could have been screenshot. I, and it, so who knows what's happening with it now? Because yeah, it's extremely provocative, Nidra. Yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah, so no. that was a big move. And did you know how provocative it was going to be before you I, put I, it on? And You know, I mean, I yeah, sure, I knew, I knew it would be provocative. and But I don't... But I, I stand by it. I, you know, like, it's not like... I mean, I don't really even see how you can really argue with it, you know. In what context do you see turf use where it's not used to shut down women's conversation or intimidate or dissociate women from community or like what way is it used that it that it actually even means the acronym? Who cares? Like trans exclusionary radical feminist as opposed to I mean, I don't. Transclusionary is just what? What is that? That's ridiculous to me. What? Where are we excluding anybody from? Where do we even have the power to exclude anybody from? Are you kidding me? If you are a known turf or a suspected turf, you are easily excluded from everything. It, it's it's a ridiculous. It's a weird reversal that that anybody calls women exclusionary when being a known turf will get you excluded from everything. Yeah. Fired. It'll get you threatened. Um, threatened it disinvited. Ostracized. Yeah. The venues that you I mean, you can you could have a KKK march out here and nobody will protest it, you know, uh, relatively speaking. But I'm not gonna say never go to the state of you know, such and such, or never go to this venue, or never, you know, there, there are things happening all over the world that nobody protests in a way that shuts down the venue, you know, right? where... where well, the more extreme activists, uh, trans activists, compare women who are critical of transgender ideology to the KKK and Nazis. And it's, re- you it's know? such a reversal, because really, it, I mean, if I look at the way I see this activism go like like I've said this uh, a lot in terms of of Michigan right I mean what other specifically female space has there really been not much you know there's not much where that I've ever been to I can't even say anything really that that was determined specifically for women born women other than Michigan so the whole planet is available but you have a problem with Three hours from Grand Rapids uh, uh, for one week in August. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So, so, so I think you know, like we really could have been at the at the fortieth anniversary of Michigan. We could have also been celebrating, yeah, the week before, the week after, the thirty somethingth version of the thing that they thought would have been better. You know, if if they didn't want to just colonize Michigan, you know, like if you put in the work to it, you know, 
it could have happened. Yeah, I mean, right now, it's like 40 years later, here we are at National, and and was, the, I know there's definitely at least one trans woman here, maybe two. Uh, I, I've had a trans woman come, trans woman f- friend come with me a couple times. You know, Ohio, there's that. There's not a lot of trans women interested in it. Definitely not the people who are protesting. They're not the right. ones showing up. The trans activists are not the ones that are showing up. Yeah. Although they did to Michigan. They showed up at Michigan. You no, know? They, got, they, got, they got their tickets paid for. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's for one thing, you know, that they're, they're You know, interested. the whole thing about Michigan is that it was an intention for yeah. women born women. And I think Lisa Vogel wrote a piece on how... People were upset just because the focus was female imagery and female focused, even though trans women were coming, you know, men who identify as trans women were coming throughout the years and were not turned away. I mean, I was there in 2013 when Alice was there Mm -hmm. and, you know, he had some pretty intimidating behaviors and he wasn't escorted out. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone was like... Nobody but Nancy Burkhalter was ever escorted out. Right. So, so all of that is like... That's the hype. That's what I was trying to say with my sign. It's well, like, even, even, the, even, even Nancy Burkhalter, you know, like that whole situation. The, the first time somebody really retold me the story and why I should sign a petition. I mean, I... I against like, Michigan. Yeah, and this was, this was, you know, a hands-on petition, you know, um, was... Uh, a weekend of performances or, or a week of performances in, in San Francisco, there was a queer something or other that there was a lot of women who played in Michigan who had nights of performance. I saw Eula Lee, um, might have been Linda Tillery at, at that. Um, I, I did a performance. Yeah, um, I think I had a night with Gwen Avery. And so there was a lot of different performers who had played at Michigan and whatever. And then the next night after the one that I did, Bitch and Animal and somebody else were on, you know. And so they came to protest Bitch and Animal. I'm like, you know, we're all up in this. And I don't know why, I don't know why they like to pick at, at Bitch and Animal in particular. I think it's because of, of the people who are around who are still, you know, supportive of Michigan. Those were the ones they related to. So they really thought, you know, to mess with them, and that's when they showed up to to protest bitch and animal playing, right? What year would that be? I don't remember, ninety eight or something. Like oh, that, that early? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, something oh, like that. Interesting. Like, so this person is talking to me, uh, like almost like an evangelizing. You know how somebody will start talking to you, like, do you know about Jesus? You know, it was kind of like that. Oh, do you know about this in you know, the Michigan Women's Musical Festival? I'm like, oh yeah. And then tell me what happened here. You know, she tells me the story about how this poor trans woman was dragged out of her tent in the middle of the night and left on the county road. And I was like, all right, I I worked there that year. You know, like I know that's not what happened. You know, you know, like, um, you know, and and you might still want to protest, but. I think if what really happened is not worthy of protesting, you should stop protesting or you should just tell it like it really happened, you know. Um, 
and I'm not going to go into the whole story of it, but she was definitely not left out on the county road. No, you wouldn't do that to anybody. It's dark, and it's a dirt road, and it's two miles to, to pavement, and then another 45 minutes into town. And that's driving. I, you wouldn't leave somebody out on the county road. That's ridiculous. Not only, they got the tickets for Fennett, Nancy, Nancy Burkholter and the friend who was meeting her um, got got their tickets refunded. They, they helped break down the camp, drove them into town, paid for the hotel. You would, you know, like, tell it like it is. Like, say say how mean and hateful it was. And, you know, it was, like, unfortunate. Did she, Nancy expose... Nancy's self in the shower because that's how I heard it. No, I don't think it was anything like that. Here we, we're having. Oh, little... we're in the city here, mad, mad town. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, um, I, it was something more like, um, now I can tell you some part that that's kind of rumorous. Not, not that it's rumor, it's not rumorous like a lot of people are talking about it, but. Because I wasn't interacting personally, I can only tell you this is what I was told by somebody who worked with Nancy off, you know, not having nothing to do with Fess, who worked in the same business, right? They, this was early, right? But they worked for something that was internet connected to the point that they, they had like, you know, I don't even know if, like... DOS version of intranet kind of thing. Um, so before real active, everybody has internet kind of time. 92, 93, around there. Maybe, whatever. I mean, when, whenever whenever she first came and whenever she got thrown out. Um, so Nancy knew that fest was for women born women. So there's that, you know. I believe Nancy came the, the year before and didn't have any problems. This the year that that she was asked to leave. Um, what I heard was that somebody it, somebody kind of took her in and and rec- just looked at her and sort of whatever vibe whatever happened asked her if she was trans, and that might have made her start to feel paranoid about you know being there by herself. Um, and and there was a friend coming in that night on the late bus, right? So instead of just and nobody like came looking for her at, the, at that point, somebody just asked if you know if she was a woman born, woman, whatever, whatever, you know, in a workshop or something, you know, she stood out in some kind of way. Um, she went up to the front gate waiting for the friend who was supposed to come in hours early, like four hours, and wasn't interacting with anybody there, was just sort of pacing back and forth. And so that made her stand out to security and the front gate folks and stuff like, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people who who go to front gate and just hang out, you know, who are not on crew. and I, I worked box top office a couple times. There are a few people. There were a few a few people who would show up there and be a little sketchy. Sketchy. 
Um, and it's probably some kind of psychological thing, you know, being being near security made them feel secure or something like that. I'm talking about women born women and that, you know, like it, it wasn't unusual to have somebody a little creepy. <laughs> I don't know if that's even good to say, you know, but but it was an interesting phenomenon. So, you know, somebody pacing back for hours waiting for somebody and not talking to anybody made you stand out. And then uh, somebody, I think a cord, finally went over and talked to her and said, you know, like, you know, is there a problem here? Because you've, you know, been around for a while. And, you know, you know, she explained that somebody was coming in on the on the late west, so she was she was waiting for her, and she and that person said, well, you know, the other thing is that I. This is this is my my retelling of of what I understood as somebody who was there, but not it wasn't my. It's not the so, official story. Yeah, so, you know, if you hear from the person who is actually there and they have a different version of it, this is my my retelling of it, but but um. That they said, you know, like, well, the other thing is, is that, you know, this is supposed to be women born women space, and some of the women here have been feeling like they weren't in women born women space, and she said, oh well, I'm trans or something like that, and so it was kind of like, okay, the court's call to be like, well, how do I handle this now, you know, and. I'm sure there was some back and forth between higher ups, you know, the office or something, whatever. But you know, they just decided that this would be the best way to handle it. You know, it's unfortunate that you came all this way and everything. It was uh, to see how it could happen, and it probably, you know, it it probably was a combination of just being a little sketchy and you know, not a woman-born woman that that uh, made it a, a conscious call to say, okay, we're going to refund you and mm-hmm. we'll do the best we can. And that was the impetus for a lot of the trans activism that came after yeah. that incident. Yeah. Well, I mean, was, and- was Nancy a trans activist? Did Nancy kind of spearhead well, a call... I don't really know or... if I would say call it that at the time. I mean, it was like ninety one or something, you know. Right. So, so, um, I I believe she was in uh, Lesbian Avengers, where she was, you know, like maybe Chicago or something like that. So going back and saying what happened uh, to the Lesbian Avengers and the Lesbian Avengers kind of took on the well, we'll you know make that an active you know kind of thing. Unfortunate, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that 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 became the cause there. But but also, like like I say, but I believe the person who who came to that bitch concert and was telling this story in in this other way where she was left out on the county road and all this was a lesbian avenger. So I don't know if she went back and told him that or if it got retold to to the point that it it got distorted that way. But I. I am part of the way that I ever responded in this through strap on and on the bulletin board and saying like, why do you keep telling the story this way? Why can't you at least say what really happened? Keep protesting if you want, but at least say what happened. You're like, 
It's ridiculous. You, you found her in her tent. How could you find a trans woman in a tent in the middle of the night? In 1991, we had 6,000 women there. You're going to have, like, like what do we have, a, a honing device for trans women? You know, it's ridiculous. Of course she wasn't just in her so tent. So why didn't lesbians immediately suspect that this was a demonizing force in the sense of this lie is getting spread because misogyny is real, lesbophobia is real, and this is being used against our community. Why didn't they see that in 1991? Well, because it, it wasn't big like that. It was, there was no power in it at the time that I, I would have said. I wouldn't have said that at all, you know? Like, I, I mean, where, where I saw those conversations happening, I, I counted them with the information that I knew. You know, there it takes a lot of energy. I'm sick of this shit. You know, like I'm I don't want to have these conversations. I don't want to be even thinking about this stuff, you know? So, I can see why you know, there are people who are going like what's turf? I'm walking around in a shirt and they're like what's turf? Like how do you not know that? Cuz I'd like to be in the position of not, not knowing, knowing about it, is, right? You know? <laughs> I, I have no idea where you've been. Like, what what island are you living on? You know, like, yeah. Like, if you're conscious about stuff that's going on for women, I, I don't know how you don't know. Did but, you right away hear this rumor in ninety one, ninety two that she had been left on the pulled from her tent and left on the no, road? No, I didn't hear road. that until uh, you know, like I started seeing the the that kind of stuff. I mean, I I wasn't I didn't get protested. It, nobody followed me around. I wasn't popular in a way that that bitch and animal were, you know, especially with young white people, you know, and that's that the young white punk rocky kind of people love bitch and animal. And then they have this rumor going of how this horrible thing happened. And so they like, how can I love somebody who's been a part of something that, that let this happen to this poor trans woman. And so they would protest um, bitch and animal a lot. I mean, they got canceled. From when did you lot. hear the story, the lie about Nancy being pulled from her tent and left on the road? Um, what What year did you hear that? I don't know. It was after they started doing the the protesting stuff like that. And that was ninety eight. You said might have been. Yeah. So I, there I was a big gap in time before there was. No, there was talk. There was definitely talk about. Um, but it wasn't like the retelling of the story went like that, you know. It was more like it, it didn't matter what the story was. It was just like they they did ask this person to leave, and that was wrong, you know. That so, was so they didn't have to go into, like, these details that, that later came out on the Internet that were just, like, ridiculous. It was like, really? You really think you could find a trans woman in a tent and drag her out, and then you'd leave her on the county road? It was like, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. When did you begin to understand that this was a way to demonize Mishfest? You know what? I I didn't really have it. I didn't process it that way. What I did, you know, like some of the, at Fest, I could go and be, you know, enjoy it. And, and I didn't have these arguments at Fest because, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't really there, you know. I felt like that I actually started these conversations thinking somebody would make me see the thing I'm missing. You know, I didn't think I, I didn't think I was just going to be ending up with 
the the position I started with. I thought maybe somebody was going to help me. You know, we're going to have these conversations, and you're going to explain to me something that makes a light bulb go on. I'm going to go, yeah, it's it's wrong for women to gather as females. You know, like I I was waiting for that to happen. It never happened. In fact, it it became more and more clear that it's not. It's 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 necessary. And like I. If you look at any of the writing I've done around it, I talk about why I value female space. Like, I'm not having these conversations talking about who's a woman and who's not a woman. I, I don't really care all, all, all that much in, in some way about any, any of the stuff because the way, they, the way I hear people saying what makes a woman kind of thing, it's just like... You know, if, it, if we're not going to talk about it meaning adult human female, then I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So if we're not saying women are adult human females, then um, I, I don't know what the conversation is. You know, I can't really have a, an opinion about, about it in a way that means anything to me. I hear you, sister. You know, I'm getting from trans activists that male and female is on a spectrum that they're not discrete categories, that we're both male and female, all of us, and it's this fluidity and that it's a biological fact that we are both male and female now, you know, that... That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't like, to I me don't, either, don't but they, say, to... They, they, they prove it with science, you know, yeah. because there are science journals like Nature, for example, that publish this and say this is now a fact that male and female are on a spectrum and that we all fall somewhere along the spectrum and that you're not absolutely female or you're not absolutely male. That yeah. that's a thing of the past and that that was a now science has made this you I, know leap in understanding. It just it just sounds like bullshit to me. I don't I don't I mean and I'm not saying you know like it I'm not saying uh how anybody feels in particular is bullshit. I'm not saying you can't, you know, want to dress the way you are. I'm just saying I I don't understand the value in it that they put into it. I don't understand. Like, if you say a banana is an orange, then I don't know what the words mean anymore. You know, like, you associate... No, and I agree with you completely. I don't, if, you're, if we're going to say, well, it's all fruit, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we're having a, a fruit gathering. Right. right, and we're but if all we're humans. An orange gathering, right? Then, then it should be all oranges. Now, if you say any fruit is to me an orange, then I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. Well, you know what the comeback was. I've had a, a long exchange with a postmodern thinker, intellectual man, mm-hmm. white straight man, mm-hmm. uh, in my community. And I used that very example of, of fruit. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was an orange and a banana, but I talked about that. And he said, well, human beings are not fruit. We're far more complex Yes, than I know, that. but, the, but the, the very same people will argue with you that Rachel Dolezal is crazy, you know? You know, the very same people who support this are, are completely offended by the existence of, I'm less offended by Rachel Dolezal than, than I see white trans people. You know, and people who support that whole thinking. I think it's, I think it's the very same math. You know, like 
x plus y equals z, okay, and a plus uh, a plus c equals z, okay, so then a equals b. You, you're doing the same math. We, we still come up with the same equation, right? You are who you say you are, right? But you know what? Rachel Dolezal, um, if she ever did pass to people, and I, it seems that she did, you know, they just thought she was light-skinned or, you know, whatever, and, you know, it seems that she did pass to some people. If she ever passed, she cannot ever pass again because now everybody knows she's white, you know? So she has no luck. She's no, no luck really having this identity of hers affirmed in the way she might want to. I don't really know if she wants it to be. I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't get it. But you can't be somebody who, like, when, when we know somebody who is male is male. We're not wrong. We're, it's not mean of us. Right. It's not discrimination. It's, yeah. I mean, like, if, if the results of me knowing that you're male is that I, um, you know, get physically violent with you, then you have a, a, some leg to stand on. But if all it is is that I say, well, nice to meet you. And now I'm going to this thing over here that's for women specifically who are female. That's not beating your ass, you know. That is right. not violence, you know. I leave my mother and my father when I go into women of color space. I don't hate either of them. Like, for me, I, I, I think some of this has worked really well with white women in particular in a way that I think is abusive to them. Um, when I started seeing the people supporting trans women belong here at Michigan, you know, like this is, this to me was the stabbing in my heart. This is when stuff really changed in a way that I think was harmful. Um, and that, that would have been 2005, around there? I'm not sure what the first year of that was. I don't think it was that early, but I can't tell anymore. Everything kind of blurs mixed together. together. But it was the year that Annie Danger put out her, her letter to her friends who went to Michigan. Um, and, you know, even then, like, I, I, I responded to her letter and... You know, she was too bit busy getting accolades to to really respond to mine back to her. But for the most part, you know, it guilt sticked a whole bunch of people. Now, I don't understand the people who who felt like who agreed with the framing of Michigan as transphobic and hateful towards trans women and all that. The women who agreed with that, and so came. Uh, what are you, what were they what were they calling it? Um, protesting from the inside. It's like if I agreed with the framing of this festival as hateful, I would not be here. I don't understand how you call yourself an ally agreeing with that, but here you are having a good old time wearing a t-shirt. Like I'm, I hope I never need you as an ally. Hope I never need you as an ally. Because that, to me, was whack. I feel like it was just a way for them to be able to come and say that they did something. 
Yeah, like the Indigo but, Girls in 2013, for example. Well, right? even them, but I'm talking about workers. Just regular people, women people going in there. there. And I and really, you know, where there were people who they're like, oh, well, you know, we I, I I'm not good with having these conversations online, but maybe we can we can talk it fast, you know. I'm like, all right, so this is your commitment to trans women, is that between your work shift and my work shift and your cuddle date we will have a conversation about why trans women belong here. You know, that's that's the way you call yourself an ally to trans women. Like you are never going to be like to me this is this is whack activism, you know. I just and I was like I, I I don't believe you guys anymore because you know what? I'm here. I'm obvious. I'm sitting in the belly bowl. You're you're you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do really too. And and I could see, you know, there were years when, whenever I performed that I got emails asking me to protest from the stage, say something about how I really thought the intentions should change. Why well, am not going to do that? And who sent those emails? Random people. People on the internet couldn't tell you. You know, I just, I, it's like, no. Or, they, or they'd hand you flyers, you know, in online. There were transit, uh, what do you call it? camp trans people handing out flyers and just asking women to say, you know, in their feedback that they think the intention change kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that because if I was, if I felt that way, I wouldn't be here. You know, I don't think it's wrong for females to gather as females. I think it's wrong to protest that, Yeah. you know? Right. So one year, I was I did chick slicks, and that was the first time I said anything about this from the stage. I said stuff about it all year round on the bulletin board. I I was active participant under my name, on a misfest board, in those conversations, and over at Strap On, um, while that was happening. But I never said anything from the stage, and then then I did that chick slick set one time when we did. Ain't nobody's business. I changed the verse that I was doing to, if I go to the woods of Michigan and hang out with my women born women, ain't nobody's business if I do. And, you know, like, it was, you know, it was well received by Yana. So a lot of people just shouted and whatever like that. But, but a lot of, a lot of people on crew were in the trans women belonging camp. And I felt a chill back there. You know, not, you know, there's plenty of that wasn't, that were totally supportive of it. But there's definitely a, 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 a good amount of people on crew who were supportive of fighting the intention. And, and this is how they divide and conquer, right? Yeah. I mean, trans politics has divided the lesbian community to a large extent. But now it feels like since Mishfest is no longer... I felt like a lot of women were trying to bow down to the desires of men who identify as women mm -hmm. in order to preserve Mishfest. That that's how they thought. They thought if they would if they could appease and apologize enough mm -hmm. that that would preserve Mishfest and protect Mishfest. And well, I notice a real difference in the way women are talking about it now than they did before Mishfest was shut, you know, before Mishfest 
uh, I want to say that it was shut down. I know it didn't, it wasn't technically shut down, but mm. it sure did feel like it those last years that, yeah. you know, there was a, a lot of fighting going you know, on. A lot of people haven't been a part of the conversations, you know? I mean, that's, that's the thing is you could totally ignore it for a long time. You know, shocking to people, some of them. This wasn't shocking to me that fest closed. It, I already knew that was coming at, at a certain point. You know, it's like, unless we actively speak out against this, it, it is going to close. The trans women belong here. This is women born women doing that. Right. They, they ushered in the close. Like, because it was like, a Trojan horse or something, you know, like they were inside making this happen. But Just like the family happened. bathroom seems like it would be a solution, but, and it is for some men who identify as women, yeah. but it isn't for all of them. You know, some well, of them, they want access to women's private bathroom and locker room spaces. But, you know, I mean, you the know? thing is, is that trans women, and, and I'm, I'm not actually... You know, I'm not like against trans women using the the women's room. I haven't been anyway. You know, I mean, my my thinking along that is, and it's because I've I like I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, I I've gone to the bathroom, I've used the bathroom, and I have a trans friend who who has gone in. We've never had any kind of problem in that. I can see where locker room and something a little more intimate and not as private as bathrooms tend to be might be a different kind of issue um but I, i've not experienced you know any real situation like that the problem with me for me um in terms of actual laws and stuff on on the books about this stuff is that what what i see trans activists fighting for is that we just do away with protections against women at all, you know, um, in terms of, um, like, it, you're not even saying people should have gone through enough of a transition to have their ID changed, you know, like, come on, really? Like, you can't, so any anybody who's willing, any dude who's willing to say when busted that he identifies as trans, should be have a legal right to be in women's space like that's what you're going for here i mean even even in terms of trans women i would think that would that would be like hey well no i don't want that either you know so like i've been you know i've been tracking all that and and i, I looked at you know, what happened in north carolina and i and it weird how the bandwagon, the whole every, the whole country was like, "Oh, it's so mean," you know. But then when I looked at the law that that was in Charlotte that they responded to, I was like, "But you didn't actually like what you actually did was cross out the existing law. They literally crossed out the existing law, um, allowing for female segregated space. Like that's not better. Of course, of course." Um, a uh, conservative legislator is gonna is gonna uh, counter that. I mean, I I don't even know why they didn't expect that. I don't know if them ex you know expecting the pushback was was to rally support. You know, like maybe they wanted that. I don't I don't know. 
Hmm. When they, when there was there was some other place, maybe Texas or something, where the there were ads that showed uh, like a a little girl going into a restroom and a guy following in behind her and that and and so they were oh these ads are so transphobic you know like, do you understand that this they're not even trying to make it be like a trans woman followed into a girl into the bathroom that was just like a dude that looks like a linebacker just followed in behind a girl why because the law you want says that person can not follow it doesn't say you can and you can molest people but i mean if we're supposed to just be in denial about the linebacker in the in the women's room and it just assumed that the linebacker right. in the women's room the bearded linebacker <laughs> must identify as a woman that that's what right. we're supposed to do like come on yeah. you know yeah it's just become very extreme in recent years i feel and then messing with the laws like that you know when you look at the entire general population you have to take into consideration rates of male violence yeah we're not saying all men are violent but there's a percentage of men who are violent who will take advantage of these new laws yeah well and statistically speaking right the our our relative safety as as females is dependent on knowing who around us is male. You know, like got, gauging our relative safety is dependent on understanding who around us is male. This is not something we can do away with as a survival tool because it hurts your feelings. You know, like right. I, can't, I can't pretend I don't know who's male because I need to know who's male. Right. You know, and so. And we so, can instinctively tell, I mean, that's the other thing about the trans narrative is that you can't assume someone's male or female how do you know you're not gonna do a panty check or whatever but instinctually we know without looking at someone's genitals I know. how many genitals who's male actually ever seen right ridiculous. you oh, know you're obsessed with genitals no i've you know i've generally been lucky enough to only see the genitals of people i'm actually wanting to be intimate with so the fact that i've happened somehow magically known who was male and female in my present presence? I mean, come on. Like, right. You, I mean, I, I I find that it's not ambiguous at all. Like, I know that trans women are male. Like, I can tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless they've taken estrogen for a really long time and had plastic surgery and they're wearing, you know what I mean? I mean like, I, I can. Mean, there might be exceptions and then, of course, they always want to say, oh, well, you, you never know. Well, you know, yeah, if I never know, then it's also because it's not just because um, some of some physical attributes that made somebody um, not appear male or not trigger any of my human animal instincts knowing this, they probably also weren't an asshole, you know? Like, some of this stuff is not just about people being, you know, passing or not, because there, there are trans women who maybe more are more as in the context of the women I know I I know women with fucking beards down their face you know like um like so a beard is not something that I I think oh must be man you know like this is one of the things too I think that that happens for for those of us who got to be in a space that was so um that the diversity of female uh 
and the way women can look at Michigan was, you know, like I, I didn't know the first time I went that I would see women with beards. I'd never heard of that, you know? So I'm walking down the path and I walk by somebody and I'm used to seeing men in the world. So it doesn't even freak me out. I just, I didn't go like, oh, there's a man here. I'm like in a place that I'm not, it's bizarre that I'm only seeing women, you know? So I walk by somebody, I don't think anything until I'm like a little bit further down the road. And I'm like, oh my God, that was a woman. Women can look like that, you know? Hairy legs. Women can have hairy legs. Which is all about your, um, which kind of is a segue into your Wanted Project, which is an amazing project you've engaged for the last few years. It made me learn to see women on a less superficial level in some ways, you know, like not just these easier markers, not the way they dress or the amount of body hair or whatever. I mean, different thing, you know, like maybe something in their eyes, I don't know, but I'm, I'm able to look and see a bearded woman and think bearded woman, not man, you know? Like if you if you have no reference for that and you go to Michigan, you might just be freaked out a bit, you know, because there were such a spectrum of, of women. And I mean, we know that, we know that women are not used to seeing bearded and butchy and all that, because bearded and butchy women and all that end up getting served and heed and stuff like that, like that, in the bathrooms and all, um, out and about in the world. But women I know who went to Michigan and, and maybe weren't lesbians, you know, blown away too, you know? Like, they, they needed to know that women could look like that, you know? And when you think about things like... Um, like hair, we think of of facial hair or leg hair or, you know, armpit hair or hairy arms even or whatever. You think of this as something women don't have. Like, we, I, that seems like a natural thing. Women don't have hairy legs. You know, that's natural. I'm like, but there's a billion dollars of industry for hair removal. So it's weird that we think of that as a natural uh, occurrence in nature or something, that, that, that there's no hair on females. It's like, of course there is. That's why there's waxing, laser hair, electrolysis. There's all of that stuff. It's completely natural for women to be hairy. It's bizarre that we go through right. these rituals to make us not... Hairy. Yeah, well, it's just all a part of the infantilizing, I think, of women and making us more childlike and dependent on men, you know, mm -hmm. so. Well, um, Nidra, is there anything else you'd like to say to our largely WLRN, our, it's largely lesbian feminists and femini radical feminist listeners? Well, you know, I hope you don't get a lot of hate email for, from people who are mad that I said she when... When I, I mean, it's funny when some of my blogs, the blog posts that I've had, I've gotten more criticism from radical feminists than I did from trans folk, be, because I, I will say she or what honor pronouns. I think pronouns are fucking stupid in the first place. You know, for the most part, in as far as a pronoun preference and people announcing them and stuff like that, I just think, you know. I'm probably not going to need to use a pronoun in your presence. Do you really give a fuck what I say when you're not here? Like, right. I, you're not going to control what I say when you're not here. Uh -huh. 
you know, that people have a real d issue with it. I, I mean, I just can't roll my eyes about it, but I generally do honor people's pronouns because I don't care. And I know women named Bob and Kevin and, and all kinds of stuff. Like, names are, we, we made that stuff up too, you know? I call people whatever they want to be called, but but doesn't mean I stop knowing right. who's male and who's female. And, and how I care about that or not depends on how you act as an individual. And if you're an ass, then I might not indulge anything about your presence in my space, you know? I don't hang out with people. I am definitely, you know, asshole exclusionary. <laughs> so. Right on. Well, thank you so much.